It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, Mikkel. Hope you're well. How is everyone, um, both fitness-wise and uh, any, any COVID scares at all in the squad? We are good. Uh, we are waiting for more tests, which uh, we will have this afternoon, and um, and this is the only thing we can do: wait and see. But fitness-wise, everyone's good to go. Yeah, we had a couple of issues um, in the weekend. Um, we will train today and see how everybody's feeling today. Obviously, Mikel, as you'll have seen, half the the Premier League matches this weekend have have been postponed. Do you? How, how concerning is this situation now? Do you fear both health-wise for, for clubs and supporters, but also for potential fixture builder? Well, health-wise, I hope that we are doing everything that we can to protect everybody. And obviously, the vaccine protocols are in place. Everybody is trying to do the best. And uh, and I'm sure with, with everything that we are doing, um, we can do our best to maintain everybody healthy. In terms of the competition, two things. One, that uh, we need much more clarity why those games are getting not played and what do you need not to play a game. So we are playing in the same league um, because at the end the most important thing is that we are able to maintain within the context the fairness of the competition. And, and for me this is a, a big thing now. Okay, great. I'm, I'm sure others will have some, some more questions on that in just a moment. But if I, if I could move on to a couple of other things. Um, I, I presume you're sticking with the, the leadership group for the time being, Mikhail? Yes, as I mentioned yesterday, it's been going for months and I'm really happy with them. So, so on that, could I ask you, do, do you think it's unusual to have two players in a squad who are former captains? And in any way, does that reduce the amount of personal responsibility that a traditional club captain would carry? Uh, I always believed and uh, in a lot of things that I've been, we always have a group of players uh, that was responsible to make decisions in that dressing room and communicate um, with the coaching staff, with the club and transmit it to our supporters. Uh, at the end of the day, that um, decision was transmitting one, one person we was the captain but the decision wasn't made by one person and on your form obviously excellent uh, results back to back now um in, in a process Mikel, which you've talked about many times you know it's it's a, a gradual process that that you you've been on do you feel now that you are really close to to, to where you want to be with this squad of players well, the last two performances have been really good in terms of uh, what we want to achieve in matches, uh, the results that we got, um, the way we have dominated those games. But uh, we need to be consistent on that throughout 10 months to achieve the goals that we want, um, which is to be the best. And, uh, and we are not there yet. Thank you, Mikhail. Thank you. Gary from Sky. Hello, Mikhail. Just back to, to COVID, if I may. Um, I assume you're being tested now 
regularly, like so every day, all the players and, 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 the, and the training staff. And with the last round of tests, was everybody negative? I know you're waiting for today's results. Yes, but this is changing every day, Gary, and uh, and that the uncertainty that uh, we all have, and uh, and hopefully we don't have any cases, but we have to wait and see, uh, because we've seen what is happening in the league and um, in many other clubs. That's the reason why many games are not playing in this weekend. So clean at the moment in terms of the the players. What about? around the training ground. Any cases among the, the staff? Uh, we have we have issues in the last uh, few weeks, uh, like everybody has. Uh, we are not an exception and we are trying to manage that as as good as possible and um, and that's what we are we are trying to do. You've asked for clarity about why some of these games are, are being called off. There's only two games left on Saturday. You're you're one of them. I assume that you're you'd rather play, you're happy to play if, if able to. We always want to play when we when we have the right conditions to do so, 100%. Um, but we've been here in the other side of the table when um, when we had all the arguments in the world not to play a football match and we end up playing it. So that's what I'm saying, that we need clarity because then the fairness of the competition can be altered and, um, and that wouldn't be fair. Yeah, you're speaking about the integrity of the competition with some teams playing and others not and the reasons behind it being a bit unclear. Yes. Um, there's been a couple of other uh, head coaches. One of them, Emma Hayes, says that the, the fear of COVID around Christmas time is affecting players' mental health. Are you concerned about that? Well, we've done a lot of work and, uh, and we try to educate our players and, and everybody that is involved in the club. Uh, but I think this is a social thing. I think everybody's uh, is been going through something that is uh, unprecedented, and we are all learning from it. And we are trying to normalize a situation that uh, we never been through it. And um, that's what we are trying to do: try to help everybody as well as we can, and try to live in the context that uh, we live in today. That we have to live with this virus, and um, and probably for for longer than we all expected. Thomas Frank has called for a circuit break to cancel all the games this weekend, just to clear this outbreak, to clear this COVID outbreak. Would you would you be a supporter of that? I think there are uh, people that knows much more than than I do to to try to find out what the best solution is to this. What the best solution is to carry on playing with the rules that we have at the moment, or stop it. I don't know. It's not. Uh, something that I want to give an opinion because I'm not uh, a scientist, I'm not a specialist and I think we have to rely on, on the government and the Premier League to try to make the best decision. Just one more on this, because of your early, Mikhail, personal experience of COVID, have you been extra strong in your message to your players about being careful, maybe even about being vaccinated because of your personal experience? Is that part of the reason why so far Arsenal have, have been clear this time? No, we, we've been trying to explain uh, what the risks are, how can we get it, uh, what do we have to do if we do. But as well, I think now we all have relatives, we all have people around us that they've been through that in, in many different ways and I think everybody's awareness is, uh, is pretty good. The thing is that it's really difficult to control. Um, what happens outside when, when everything is open. So those bubbles that we were able to create before now are impossible to do. Finally from me, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, is he available for selection? No, he's not available for selection. Has he got a future at the club? Uh, the two, for this game, he's not available for selection.
Thank you. Thank you. Ian at TalkSport. Hi, Mikael. How are you? You okay? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, Jürgen Klopp said to me this week he'd like more transparency on so instead of the team just saying oh we've got you know 10 people that tested positive actually come out and say whether they're players whether they're staff not actually give the names do you think clubs should be more transparent now about actually how many players have got COVID how many staff have got COVID rather than just give a number I lost I lost him there he's asking us should Klopp said that clubs should be more transparent about who's got COVID well, this is what I'm saying, that uh, we need clarity, you know, at the end the regulators will make the decision um, whether a game is played or not, but uh, to play under the same rules, I think we all have to understand the reasons behind it. Um, just a similar one about Thomas Frank yesterday, um, asking for the, this weekend to be called off. Do you think if, if the games are all called off this weekend, do you think we would, we'd, have, we'd struggle to get them back going again? Because once you start stopping whole weekends, it will be difficult then to, to get it back going. I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to find a way. We, we knew uh, when we started this season that this could be a possibility. And I'm sure that there was a plan A, B and C. Uh, because this can happen. And we have the African Nations Cups as well here in the middle of, of all these things. We know the World Cup that is coming in and the dates of that. So... Um, they have. I think we need a flexible calendar now uh, because this world is not the world that we used to live in a few years ago, and uh, we all have to be prepared. Like we all prepare with different protocols in every single day for training session. You have to cancel training sessions. You have six players out. You have twenty members of the staff out. So I'm sure that the league uh, has a very flexible calendar and options uh, to fit it in because uh, this is where we live. Do you think it's affecting? or could affect the form of your players um, Emma Hayes last night said that her players she didn't recognise her team that lost because they were in the change room beforehand almost sick, sick with worry because of this are you worried that your players can't concentrate on their job because of this no, hopefully not, but uh, we need to make a lot of remarks on that because once we get uh, to the competition, we have to be fully focused to do that and, uh, and don't use any excuses about what is happening in the environment. Uh, we know what we expect. We don't know what's going to happen in three days' time, in six, eight or twelve. We can suspect that it's going to go one way, but we don't know and we have to be prepared for that. Finally, a footballing question. Your your young players have really stepped up in not only this season, but actually probably for the last year or 18 months. I'm thinking especially of the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe and Bakayo Saka. How much are they, are they growing into men now? How much is it wrong for me to refer to them as kids or young players? How much are they becoming men in terms of football? Well, uh, they are contributing immensely uh, to the performance and results of the team. Uh, that is true, but uh, it's because they earn it and because they have other players or the senior players around that uh, they've been really supported and helpful and, and the club has believed in them and they have been given the opportunity and they have taken those opportunities, so credit to them. Good luck this weekend and stay safe. Thank you, you too. Alistair, BBC. Hi, Mikael. Um, Eddie Howell said last night, a little bit like yourself, that he didn't think it was fair that some teams were playing this weekend and others weren't. In terms of the fairness of the competition, would it be better if all the games were cancelled? 
I don't know what the best solution is. I understand that it's a really complicated matter to make a decision right now. Um, what I'm saying is let's make the decisions based on what is the best for the competition and the health of everybody that is involved in the industry and uh, in the society. And apart from that, after, we all stick to that, but with clear rules on what is a yes and what is a no. And you mentioned there that the number of positives, well, you hadn't had any positives amongst the squad. I just wondered how important you thought the vaccination was in the in the way that you've got no positives. The vaccination is uh, really, really important. Uh, first of all, just in case you caught it, um, to prevent getting really ill. And we have seen that uh, obviously that's been a massive help. But as well, you see many other cases, you know, when they've been vaccinated and they still caught it. Um, so you don't know. So you're comfortable with the amount of vaccinated players you have in the squad? Yes. That's something that pleases you? Yes, we try to do the right thing and it's a really personal matter, obviously, but um, but we try to educate. I think um, the doctor has done a brilliant job to try to explain to everybody because culturally as well, there are um, a lot of thoughts around it and, um, and we just try to educate them to, to try to encourage them to make the right decision. But first of all, they have to believe in that. Last couple of questions. Um, obviously, it's been quite a big week for you, a test regarding Aubameyang and also the win against West Ham was a big, you talked about the unity of the group. I just wondered how big a test this last week had been for you as a manager in terms of your career. Well, every time that uh, that you are sitting here, you have some, some challenges. You have some brilliant moments, some moments you have to make decisions. And... I'm sitting here to try to make the right decisions every day. And uh, my only intention is that to, to get the club um, in the best possible condition, to defend our players um, and to get the best performance and results on the pitch as, as we can. And uh, it's been challenging because those decisions are, are tough and not pleasant, uh, but you have to do what, uh, what you feel is right. And you mentioned that uh, Pierre's not um, available for the game against Leeds. What does he have to do now to become available to, for selection again? Well, he's not available for the Leeds game and, um, and this is the situation right now. OK, thanks a lot. Thank you. Nick from Haters. Uh, morning, Mikel. Nice to see you. I, I think I know the answer to this question, but does the Aubameyang situation have any impact on Alex Lacazette's future and his contract situation? Well... Alex's performance is an involvement and commitment um, is without a question uh, not related to his contract situation. I discussed it in the summer with him what the situation was and, and we are both clear on that. And um, another situation is something separate to that. He, he just seems to be becoming increasingly important to the, to the squad as well as the starting side now. He's always been a really important player and, and since, since we've been together he's played uh, a lot um, under me and, and I've always been really pleased with him. OK, just a couple of celebratory questions. I noticed it's Martin Odegaard's birthday today. He's only 23. He seems to have come on a lot in the last few weeks or so. What's your views on his contribution? Well, that he's uh, very, very young, but he's already has a lot of experience in, in different clubs, in the international level. Um, again, I agree with you that in the last few weeks, uh, uh, he's getting very close to his his best level, and uh, and the ceiling for him it's um, 
I don't know what it is because of the talent that he has, the desire that he has, how much he was always trying to improve and get better at. So uh, we've got a tremendous player there. He seems to be a bit of a natural leader, doesn't he? Will he be part of your leadership group, do you think, going forward? He is a natural leader. I think uh, if you look for the, for the perfect professional, he wouldn't be very far from that. And the big anniversary, of course, which I'm sure you're aware of, is on Monday, is the anniversary of the day you were appointed an Arsenal manager two years ago. Hmm. Have you got any celebrations planned? Are you reflecting? <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? I don't think the world is uh, for too many celebrations. Uh, <laughs> It just, I just feel proud and um, and grateful for the opportunity that uh, that I was given almost two years ago. Now, I know it's difficult in these sort of short press conferences, but how, how do you reflect on it? How, how you've changed and things you've learned from not being a manager to now a manager for two years? Well, we need. Uh, I, I could write a few books with everything that has happened, uh, not only to me but uh, around the football club, around the world in the last. Uh, two years so um, I don't know probably one day I need to stop and think carefully about what happened and um, and the things that you take but uh, it's been a lot yeah, I look forward to reading the book good luck at Leeds <laughs> thank you Charles from Goal hi Mikhail just quickly following on from that it's been two years obviously have you or the club started to hold any sort of discussions about potentially extending your contract at all because that has to be surely something on the agenda fairly soon given the length of your contract no we haven't discussed anything like it and uh, i think we have many other priorities at the moment uh, that are far more important than that one i think but would that be something possibly for the end of the season do you think i don't know I, really i'm not thinking about that uh, just trying to get the best out of the team try to cope with all the situations that uh, we are facing at the moment and um, and things will happen naturally uh, uh, against um, God, my memory's gone. Who did, we, who did you play? <laughs> who did you just beat? Uh, West Ham, obviously. You, it was another game you brought on Eddie over Nico, and you've spoken glowingly about Eddie's performances and why he is being considered at the moment. But just focusing more on on Nicolas Pepe, what, why has he fallen seemingly fallen a little bit down the pecking order at the moment? It's with all the players that they are not having a lot of minutes. Obviously, the amount of games that we are having is um, not enough room for, for all those players to do. Uh, with Nico's situation, um, it's something similar. I, I highlighted in many occasions because it's what I see every day. And with Nico as well. Um, but he needs more opportunities as well to show uh, what he can do. And in the last few games, uh, he hasn't had many. I mean, can you understand the sort of focus on it, given this is the club's record signing and uh, a player who's potentially out of contract in the summer and leaving on a free is coming over ahead of him, that it's quite a big talking point amongst fans right now, exactly what, why Pepe is struggling for game time? I understand that. Um, again, I have to try to make the, the decision based on what I see every single day. And, um, and to be fair, Nico is really willing and is really willing to to help the team, the reality as well is the position that he's playing. Um, Bukayo has been playing regular there and, and he's been fantastic. So it's not been easy for him as well to find that uh, that time. Just quickly on Jack Wiltshire, he's coming up to the end of his period potentially at Arsenal, the January transfer window's approaching. Have you, you've seen a lot of him in training in the last couple of months. Have you been impressed at the standard that he's shown and do you think he has shown enough to potentially get a Premier League move? Do you think he's at that level? Listen, first of all, it's, it's great to have him around because he's this type of characters. Uh, he has this special feeling to the club 
Um, the way he comes every day with a smile on his face, trying to do his best. Um, his talent is unquestionable. When you look at him training, I think you heard uh, some players saying he's the best in training. So uh, he's got that. And now he's doing his coaching badges, and I think it's completely up to him the, the next step in his career and, and what the decision that he wants to make. And, uh, and we are here to support that. But do you still think he's good enough? He's potentially got the potential to play, you know, yeah, football, 100%. Isn't? When 100%. I see him that and he has any doubt, uh, I can tell him that, that he has. At Arsenal? <laughs> That's a different story.